Today's podcast is brought to you by my book, The Sex Spiral, Forgiven and Free from Pornography. The Sex Spiral will teach you God's design for sexuality, the triggers that lead to porn addiction, and how to exit the sex spiral with a purity plan for your life. You can order online at Amazon.com or any other retailer. Hey, thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's show. The Dustin Daniels Show. Unashamedly proclaiming God's purity through His Son, Jesus Christ. Devoted to saving marriages. Dedicated to protecting children. Addressing sex with biblical truth and without shock value. You're listening to the intersection of life and lust. Call toll-free at 1-855-5-DUSTIN. And now, here's your host, Purity Pastor Dustin Daniels. They have healed the wounds of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No. No, they were, they, they were not at all ashamed, and they didn't even know how to blush. They offer superficial treatment for my people's mortal wound. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of these disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Jeremiah 8, verses 11 and 12. Have you ever noticed that the world wants to fix you in like five easy steps? Ten minutes a day. Hey, that's all you need. It's going to revolutionize your life. Or maybe it's drink this and eat that. And sadly, we do this with advice, don't we? With coaching and counseling. Always looking at the behavior and never really dealing with the root problem. The world offers superficial treatment for the church's mortal wounds, especially when it comes to the wounds of sexual sin. And today on the program, we're going to discuss the root problem of sexual sin. And we're going to learn how to heal those wounds and how to begin this journey. Dr. Mark Laser is the president and director of Faithful and True. He's also the host of the Men of Valor program. It's an online radio show. Dr. Mark Laser is nationally recognized as the leading authority in the field of sexual addiction with over 27 years of recovery experience himself. Mark has written a dozen books on the subject, including his groundbreaking book, Healing the Wounds, of sexual addiction. Mark, welcome back to the program. Dustin, it's always an honor and a blessing to be with you, so thanks for having me again. Hey, this is this is the second time that you've been on the show. The first time was early last year mm-hmm. when we talked about your book, Seven Desires, that you co-authored with your wife, Deborah, mm-hmm. and uh, that was such a blast. We wanted to have you talk about your, your, your book, Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction, and and before we kind of dive into that, you've got close to 30 years of recovery experience yourself. And That's right. My, I guess my first question for you, why have you committed your life to teaching the church about this issue of, of sexual integrity? 
the real answer to that, Dustin, is because, you know, all of the years that I was struggling with my own sexual addiction, I longed for a pastor, I longed for a counselor, I longed for uh, a friend to, to be able to talk to me in a helpful way about sexual sin, sexual lust, and all of that. And, you know, throughout the history of, you know, a lot of training, a lot of professional training uh, with, you know, some great pastors, some great supervisors, some great uh, uh, teachers, you know, no one uh, had been able to help me until finally I was intervened on in 1987. So, you know, it's, it's to, you know, be a voice that, you know, people can uh, turn to and know that there's, there's a way out of this uh, uh, addiction. That, you know, that's the main reason. I think even more than that, Dustin, if I, you know, you and I have had a lot of different uh, private conversations about this, but, sure. you know, the the world is going to hell literally in a, in a, in a handbasket here. I mean, we, the moral decline of our culture and uh, so forth is just incredible. And I think uh, over the years of my involvement with uh, the church, uh, I've just seen that the church has you know, neglected this topic. I mean, they, we just don't talk about it like we should. And so it, it's a it's a passion of our ministry here to uh, really speak into local churches to, uh, you know, get men and women talking about these issues in, in healthy, Christ-centered ways so, you know, that we can wake up and, and uh, not conform to this culture, which is what Paul instructs us, obviously, in uh, uh, the book of Romans. So, Anyway, that's why we do what we do. We, you know, yesterday I was on a national TV interview about the Clinton situation. So, you know, why would I go on a national TV thing <laughs> <laughs> and be interrogated by somebody <laughs> who's not a, necessarily a believer? Uh, well, it, you know, even if, I, I know there were probably Christians t- turning into that show. And, uh, uh, you know, we do what we do, Dustin, to get the message out. I think. You know, you spent the last almost 30 years in recovery yourself. This is not something that you've learned from a book no, and no. applied these principles and, and taught the church, right? That's right. You know, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. My dad, uh, uh, I think, struggled all of his life with addiction also, and that affected me early on as a boy. There was some sexual abuse involved in, in my home. Um so I'm 64 years old. So, you know, a lot of men my generation, so, you know, grow up in the 50s and 60s, uh, you know, we discovered pornography in a lot of different ways. But uh, one of the more common ones was that there was a few drug stores back in those days that carried, you know, one of the uh, uh, two or three uh, pornographic magazines that were available back in that, in, in those days. In 1961, I saw my first... Uh, Playboy magazine in a Brexall drugstore in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, and you know that that moment, you know that that hit that that uh, awakening kind of just stirred my sexuality at a at a point when I just wasn't you know developmentally ready to handle any of that. And of course, no one was talking to me about it in healthy ways. So I just continued looking at the porn that led to problems with masturbation, obviously. Throughout my Christian walk, you know, through a variety of Christian organizations, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Navigators, you know, some others, you know, I prayed and prayed and prayed, tried to give it up, went forward, rededicated, recommitted, and, you know, was completely frustrated uh, at some point that, you know, God had not 
chosen to heal me in the ways that I wanted him to heal me. Right. <laughs> That's right. I had an agenda for how I wanted God to heal me, and I didn't want to have to do any work, you understand. I just wanted to be transformed. So uh, I finally met my wife, Debbie, in high school, and we dated through college, got married while I was at seminary, and I thought that was the answer. And, and of course, my marriage has been an, an immense blessing, and Debbie's an absolutely godly and wonderful woman. Uh, but, you know, no marriage is going to solve this, you know, uh, problem unless we completely surrender it. So I just kept going, and that led to some other behaviors, uh, including unfortunately, crossing the flesh line, having sexual encounters with other women. And finally, by the grace of God, and I do mean by the grace of God, through the intervention of the Holy Spirit, uh, I was intervened on by the board of directors of the Christian uh, Counseling Center where I was working. Uh, They didn't know what to do with me, really. But one of the guys in the room, I think, again, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he had heard about a treatment program for sex addiction uh, in the Minneapolis area. He found out about it, got me interviewed, and I went there. That was March 17th, 1987, and that's my sobriety birthday. And uh, as a result of that, I mean, I think God works through, you know, secular places. And uh, uh, I got treatment with Dr. Patrick Carnes, the founder of the field of sexual addiction. And uh, that led me to work with him for four years. And that was kind of the foundation. And, of course, all the, all the while I wanted to put biblical principles into this. Sure. And, uh, uh, that's that's how I got launched, but that's my story, and that's why we do what we do. So, so you spent some some time under Dr. Carnes. He wrote the, I guess, the first book on sexual addiction, Out of the Shadows. Correct. That is right. And that was back in 1981. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so you spent some some time with him. Now, when we talk about addiction, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess my question is: a lot of people. They don't. They don't believe that the that sexual addiction that there is such a thing. Um, and when you think of addiction, you kind of think of of a disease. Is is sexual addiction a disease, Mark? Well, only in the sense that you know we can identify the you know with any disease we can identify the root causes. We can identify the course of the progression of the disease, and we know that if it's left unhealed or untreated, it will lead to death. And uh, I think in some cases it actually does lead to physical death, but in certainly all cases it leads to a spiritual death. I, you know, it's a, addiction is a, is a label we put to a sin problem, Dustin. That's the way I, I like to look at it. There are medical definitions of this in terms of the neurochemistry of the brain. Um, sexual lust creates a you know, variety of neurochemicals in the brain, and I think the brain can become tolerant to those neurochemicals. One of them is adrenaline, one of them is dopamine, and so forth. Uh, So medically, you know, we call it a disease because it does create uh, a neurochemical dependency in the human brain. Um, Now, there is great news here, as you well know, that the brain can be transformed. Paul was exactly right. We can get get to that later. But but I think, you know, uh, it's a label that we apply to what is, in fact, an original sin problem, meaning that we don't trust God, we don't fully submit, uh, to Christ, uh, we're still trying to control our own lives, at least in the area of sexuality. So uh, it's a sin problem. I take it back to original sin. And until we fully surrender our sexuality to Christ, uh, we're not we're not going to get free of it. So does that make sense, Dustin? That theologically, I think you know we can we can give it a medical label, but but 
I think we also need to give it a sin label. Absolutely. I mean, from my from my own walk, Mark, I mean, I was so spiritually dead for 20 right. years of my life. And then then there came the day to where I was so depressed because I had no one to speak to. I thought this is going to be the day that I kill myself. Yeah. Wow. And by the grace of almighty God, and and I know that you've talked to probably hundreds of men who have thought the same thing when it comes to, I am going to end my life this day. And my question to, to the guys that I speak to is how on earth did I, as a seven or eight year old little boy, Mm -hmm. seeing my dad's stash of pornography for the first time, and then 20 years later, uh, more than 20 years later, in my early 30s, decide this day is going to be the day that I die because of sexual sin. Well, you know, it's such a, a depressant, too. You know, that's one thing we could look at clinically, but it's spiritual death. Satan is lying to you, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, he's basically telling you, first of all, for 20 years, this is not going to harm you, not going to kill you. Everyone's doing it. I mean, Satan's lies in this are legion. And uh, then now he starts telling you, well, you know, you're so desperate, you're such a idiot, you're, you know, whatever. The shame is telling you. I mean, this is a message about unhealthy shame. Uh, and he's telling you, well, you might as well end your life. I mean, this is, this is spiritual warfare we're talking about here, Dustin. Absolutely. And, and it will lead to spiritual death. And yes, uh, one early research study showed that 71% of men struggling with sex addiction had, had actually contemplated suicide. So it can, as as you are a great witness to, you know, possibly lead to actual physical death. What is addiction itself? Your your book is Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction. Faithfulandtrue.com is Mark's website. Certainly want you to go there and, and learn more about Faithful and True, Mark and, and Deb, his wife, and, and the whole ministry. But Mark, when people think of addiction, most people think of, of su- substance abuse instead right. of behavior. Is that right? Can you explain yeah. the difference? Well, yeah, there are, there are substance addictions and, and uh, what we call behavioral addictions. Uh, gambling, uh, eating disorder, uh, workaholism, stuff like that. The, the key to whether something is an addiction is the element we were just talking about. So you drink too much alcohol, that's a substance that gets in your brain. It produces neurochemical effect in your brain. Same with heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine. Uh, nicotine actually is you know, very addictive in the brain. The brain grows tolerant to it. We need more to achieve the same effect. Then the question becomes, like with gambling addiction or sexual addiction, does that also create neurochemistry or neurochemicals in the brain? And it does. Gambling addiction is really an adrenaline addiction. Uh, it's the fear of losing money or the excitement about uh, winning money. And uh, so that creates a, kind of a massive dependence on adrenaline in the brain. The same with work addiction. Work addiction is really an adrenaline addiction. Uh, eating disorder some of the foods we eat create neurochemistry in the brain. Sometimes the act of shopping or eating creates neurochemistry. Certainly with sexual uh, lust, sexual thought, sexual arousal, sexual activity, uh, you know, God has put sexuality, you know, in our human brain down deep in the, you know, the uh, survival part of our brain. Actually, you know, when, when in Genesis 2, God said to, you know, be fruitful and multiply. You know, he put structures in the brain to make sure that we would be fruitful and right. multiply. <laughs> you know, and so uh, sexual 
uh, arousal is kind of part of our survival response, which includes uh, uh, adrenaline also, and then the pleasure center of the brain, which is where we have sexual arousal, really gets kicked off with this uh, neurochemical called dopamine. So for, an, for something to be labeled an addiction, there has to be a neurochemistry involved. Uh, that dependence in the brain is, is a lot of times what gives uh, a person struggling with addiction the, the sense that, you know, their life is out of control, it's unmanageable, things are getting worse, things, you know, I need more to achieve the same effect. You know, those are all kind of the classic definitions of, a, of an addiction process. So uh, it's that, you know, that feeling of unmanageability. And, and that, to me, is what Paul described in Romans 7 when he said, the good that I want to do, I don't do, and the evil that I hate, that's what I want to do. And, and that whole chapter, really, Romans 6 to 9, he's talking about the law of sin and death. And if we haven't fully submitted to Christ, then our lives are going to be unmanageable. And addiction is everything about our lives being totally out of control. When I was at the very, very end of my rope, Mark, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would have ever called myself a sex addict, even though I was a full-blown addict in every sense of the word. And when I have men ask me, how do I know if this is just a sin issue or if I'm a full-blown addict? My, resp- <laughs> my response is, well, it's not fun anymore. If yeah. it's not if it's not fun anymore and you can't stop, is is that when someone really understands? Well, wait a second, I really do have a problem with this. Yeah, I think that's the classic definition, Dustin. That you know, I've tried to stop, probably tried to stop countless times and haven't been able to. So if you can say that over the course of time, you know, you may have stopped for a week, a month, a year, even, uh, but you always go back to it at certain points of your life. And uh, if you can see, you know, over the course of your life, just an ongoing uh, series of uh, unmanageable times where you've tried to stop but haven't been able to stay stopped, you know, that's kind of a key to whether you're struggling with an addiction. So, Mark, give us some hope. What What is the solution here? Can someone pick up your book and read it and, and do this alone? Absolutely not. God calls us into fellowship, don't you think, Dustin? Oh, amen. Absolutely. I I mean, the greatest enemy of sexual health is silence. Uh, The shame that we get locked into because we're not talking to anybody. We think if you know my darkest sexual secrets, you'll go running and screaming out of the room. So the key is to uh, reach out, get help, talk to somebody. Obviously, uh, the key is to surrender your life fully to Christ, including your sexuality, but I've never known anyone get free of this without a community of men or women around them, uh, because we all need—Satan's lies are so profound. We, we all need uh, encouragers. We need truth-tellers. Uh, we need guys to call at 2 o'clock in the morning if we're tempted to look at porn. Uh, we need guys who are going to slap us upside the head if we're— <laughs> Yes, if we we're, do. <laughs> if, many, if many times. That's a, that's a clinical expression, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. We use that one a lot. I call it two-by-four therapy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, basically, truth-tellers are not afraid to confront you. I mean, a lot of the accountability in the church over the years has been way too weak. Oh, you, you had another slip or fall. That's too bad. Try to do better next time. No, I want guys in my life. Going, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Are you, are you crazy or what? You know, you went into the bar the other night. What are you thinking? You know, I, I, I need guys. Uh, that are willing to confront me in love, tell me the truth, tell me the hard truth, uh, 
be willing to spend time with me. Uh, all of that kind of community of men and, and uh, is really important. And that's why, you know, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing down in your area. I mean, because you're leading the fight, you know, in communities of men down there in your area. So. Well, thank you, Mark. You're, you're such a blessing to all of us in the ministry of, of Seven Places. Today on the show, Dr. Mark Laser, author of uh, over a dozen books. Today we're talking about healing the wounds of sexual addiction. You can check out Mark at faithfulandtrue.com. Let's talk about family dynamics. Is is that something, Mark, that we have to look at when it comes to addiction? Family dynamics, only if they lead to lies that we still believe. So in other words, uh, if we got sexually abused or physically abused or somehow emotionally abused, and we think that, you know, we're not a worthwhile human being, we deserve for it to happen, must be something wrong with us, nobody loves us, you know, those kind of lies, you know, then we need to understand the roots of the lies so that we can, uh, again, start speaking truth. It's important to understand history, but we can't dwell on history. We have to always move forward, but we have to expose where the lies started, I think. And when we expose that, you know, your, your father called you these names all your life, well, you know, your father may have been lost, may have been sick, may not have been healthy himself, may have had his own problems, whatever, but the truth is that God loves you, God, you are God's adopted son, and, you know, you need to move forward with your life in the knowledge of God's love for you. So we need to expose all these lies, and then in community, continue to remind guys of truth. How long does this repentance stage and and this change take, Mark? If, if I've been 20 plus years as an addict and, and now I'm, uh, by the grace of Almighty God, been sober for 10 years, living a trigger-free life. How long does, uh, is, is this going to be something that uh, 13 weeks of, of a, a Bible study is going to fix? Uh, probably not. <laughs> I wish it could. I mean, I, you know, that's my early history. I wish that there was easier, easier uh, answers. Well, the truth of it is, doesn't I mean, I, any guy that wants to uh, start today, you know, can be free. I mean, you can decide through the power of Christ and in community to stop doing what you're doing. So, you know, your recovery started on a certain day. You decided at that point to finally surrender, get honest, start talking to people. So that's when it starts. And, you know, the victory that starts happening right away is great. Uh, but now, are, are you not still, after 10 years of sobriety, are you not still a man living in a very sexually saturated culture? Absolutely, so, yeah. So don't it's you getting worse. still need to do the things you did that got you free in the first place? That's right. Apply those those spiritual disciplines on a daily basis. I, I tell you, Mark, I need Jesus more than my next breath. Period. Well, the end. That's exactly it. And that, and that attitude is what will keep you free. So, Mark, any last encouraging words for the men listening right now? They know they need help. They don't want to, and yet they do. How would you encourage them to get involved? Well, I think both Dustin and I are examples of the fact that you can get free. Uh, your brain, like Paul talks about, can be completely transformed. You can get to a place where all the sexual temptations out, out there in the world no longer have power over you. So, you know... There's a lot of hope, but you need to talk to somebody. You need to reach out for help. You need to get in community. If you're willing to do those things, and it is a question of willingness, then there is a lot of hope. Your life can be transformed. Your marriage can be transformed. You can break the generational curses that may have affected your life. I mean, and you can be the man that God calls you to be. 
Dr. Mark Laser, our guest today, author of Healing the Wounds of Sexual Addiction. Once again, his website, faithfulandtrue.com. The kingdom of God isn't just a lot of talk, guys. It's living and living in God's power. It's living in community. And that power that is in the very name and the shed blood of Jesus Christ, my prayer for you is to live in God's power, not just talk about it, because it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. I love you. We'll see you next week. The Dustin Daniels Radio Show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. This information is given with the understanding that neither the host nor the station is engaged in rendering counseling advice for your personal situation. If you need further help, we encourage you to seek the services of a Christ-based counseling professional. For more information on the radio show, visit DustinDanielsRadio.com.